Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Academy here at Breakthrough Church in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Peter Lewis. I'm the pastor of the church, but also the teacher here at Breakthrough Academy. And I am here today alone because normally I have my uh, partner in, in the study with Josh, but Josh has been unwell the last few days and so he's got the day off today. So um, I, I, let's send greetings and, and prayers out to Josh and, and believe for God to fully restore him, but um, I'm here alone today. So... Um, and just a reminder, if you ever do want to come in, um, the, the Academy is um, open so people can come and sit in the studio with us while we're recording this. But um, we do this online so that you can join us from wherever you are um, around the world. Please let us know. I don't have Josh here today, so I need your comments more than ever. I need you to say, hi, oh, I got Jordan online. That's great. That's Jordan's my son. And, and Jay's one of the reasons we're doing this is because it's people like Jay that God has put on my heart to train up and give a solid foundation in the things of God so that he can fulfill the ministry and the calling that's on his life. Um, it's so important. I, I see so much potential. I see the calling of God. I see the anointing of God and people like Jay. Um, but you know what? It, it, without that foundation of the Word of God, he can only go so far. He needs, by, by me providing this Bible training and teaching for people like um, Jordan, it gives him such a solid place to move ahead and, and to develop and grow his gifts. And welcome to Judith. Um, pleased to have you and, and Graham on with me this morning. Bless you guys. Love you guys so much. I really appreciate the way you join us online for this Breakthrough Academy. I appreciate we've got people hungry from all ends of the spectrum, hungry to, to do what God is sharing with them, hungry to learn more from the Word of God. And um, good to have Kim with us this morning. Kim, it's a blessing to have you join us. So I appreciate, like I said earlier, Josh is not able to be with us because he's not well. So I love the fact that I've got so many joining uh, with me online and those comments just make me know, yes, you're there. Um, and Feel free to interact, ask questions, do what Josh normally does, and um, be, be very much a part of what we're doing here. So we're going to dive in pretty quickly this morning. Um, if, you, if, this, if this is new to you, Breakthrough Academy, um, it's a little bit summed up in, the, in this logo down here, this hand-drawn logo that's, you know, uh, pretty artistic. Um, it Obviously, the outside represents the Word of God. Breakthrough Academy is about diving into the Word of God, studying the Word in depth, getting to know what it means. But the middle part is a mountain because it represents to me the mountain-moving faith that God wants us to have. When we go into the Word of God, we shouldn't dry up and become academic and all mind-heavy and, 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 you know, sort of, um, in terms of our spiritual vitality, slow down and, and, and actually squeeze our spiritual vitality. No, by diving into the Word of God, our faith should grow. Our faith should get big. We should have mountain-moving faith. So God particularly put it on my heart to lead a Bible study that was both um, aimed at those hungry to go deep into the Word of God, but also to flow and minister in, in the Holy Spirit. This is about becoming alive in the things of God. This is about using the Word of God in the in the... Um, in the anointings and flowings of the Holy Spirit by letting our faith grow in this. So I really appreciate the fact that you're going to dive with me into the Word of God. We're going to go deeper. This is not a, um, a preaching session where I'll, I'll just share some truths with you and you sit back, take some notes, get what you enjoy. No, we are teaching you how to go into the Word of God. We are going below the surface of just the normal preaching and sharing to how 
the Word of God actually works so that I can equip you to go away from here and study the Word of God in a way that makes it so relevant to you that you're empowered by it. The Word of God is here to equip you, to train you. We know that it's God-breathed. You can go back to um, some of our earlier sessions. You go to breakthrough.org.au slash academy and there you will find the um, previous messages where we talk about what the Word of God is and how to our attitude towards it and those sorts of things. So I encourage you to go back to those things, but we are going to come to the Word of God with an attitude that the Holy Spirit's going to open our understanding and not just give us wisdom, but it's going to give us faith. It's going to build our hearts. Our spirits are going to grow. I want you to go away. Often, uh, this is what I find. If I'm studying the Word of God and I'm doing it the right way, um, when I'm studying it, I go away and I feel like my heart is twice its size. I feel big inside. I feel like my, I'm ready to take on the, the world and bring the love of God to those around me. It encourages me, exhorts me to get out there and do the Word and to be the, the what the Word says I am. And I just feel empowered and I feel the Holy Spirit um, working in me. So that's what I want. I want when we finish here, you to you to say, yes, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. So I really appreciate your comments. Yes, good morning to you, Kim. It is really great to have you here. Um, so thank you, Jay. That's really good. Um, so I lean forward as I'm reading. Yeah, as you can see, I'll, we have the comments coming up here on the screen. But yeah, I agree, Jay. Thank you. You're very kind. Jay is my son. As I said, this is the, the whole the motivation behind Breakthrough Academy, one of the, the key motivations was someone like Jordan, hungry for the Word of God. He's got an anointing on him. He's got a prophetic calling upon his life. And my job as a Bible teacher, as a trainer, is to equip him with the Word of God and the skills that he can build on that and take that prophetic word to a greater level. Because at the moment, if you just go according to what you understand, God gives him a picture, how much of that is going to be influenced by the Word of God. He can't really dive as deep as he as he you know, you will be able to, as I teach him and train him in how to handle the Word of God. So that's what we're doing. Um, it's based on that principle, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach a man how to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. This is what we're doing in these Bible studies. I am teaching you how to fish. I am not just going to say, oh, this is what the Bible says. I'm going to say, how do you approach the Bible? And we've been learning about um, the whole process of what we do with the Word of God, how do we get, how did the Word of God come to us so that we can understand Bible translation principles, um, so that we in, effectively, when we're going through the Word of God, we're making choices, understanding what choices are being made. And there's two things that we have discovered and we've been working on um, is these two things that the Bible is a book and the Bible is God breathed. The Bible is a book and the Bible is God breathed. If you keep those two things at the forefront of the approach to the Bible, they will. Um, provide the guidelines that will get you to where you need to go. So we approach it, it's the fact that it's a book and that it's God-breathed. Now we've been dealing with that over many um, sessions, talking about all these areas. And so let me come right to a fresh page here. Look at what we've been teaching. I want to think about the Bible today in, in, this, in this sense. Some people might not even know what this is. How many, how many recognize this? Anyone recognize this? Anyone from the old school? Hey, Morning Brook, it's great to have you joining with us today as well. Does anyone recognize what that is in the old school? It's an old school thing. That, um, I'm just waiting until the, the comments catch up um, because I, you know, to me that's just, oh, obvious. Obvious, um, and you used to have a little circle in the middle. 
anyone recognize what this is? Um, I, I saw a thing just recently. There's a prop we have in the back room of the church. That's yeah, We have one of these. We have, a, have an old one of these sitting somewhere in the back room of the church somewhere. What is this? I, I, I actually saw a, um, a little video clip of they gave um, a couple of teenagers one of these and um, told them to try and call a number and try and work out how to do it. And they couldn't actually work out how to, how to actually get it to work. They were trying to push buttons. They, were trying to, they, they did, couldn't quite work it out. So anyone recognize what this is? It is a telephone, the old style telephone. Um, when you pick up the, the, the handset, you dial the number, you know, you, have to, you couldn't push even push the buttons. You had to dial around, get those numbers, and um, the handset. The, the, this, but this item here is going to give you a big clue as to how to approach the Word of God. This is part, very much part of the, the step one, which is the Bible is a book. All right. When we come to the Word of God, we've got to recognize that God gave it to us in the form of a book and very particular types of writings that we need to understand that when we come to it, we cannot just treat it as if it's a, a book of just promises to me that I can just snatch and grab as I want. But my first aim is to come to it and understand as a book. Now, if you might not recognize that, the, the, the old style telephone, you will recognize one of these, the, the, the new style telephone that pretty much everyone has. Um, you know, from young child to the oldest, everyone's got one of these. Um, and I want you to imagine that you're on a train and you're um, traveling in. This is, um, this is actually a true story. I, a friend of mine, he was sitting on a train and someone took a call on a mobile on the train. And this is pretty early on in the days when not everyone had mobiles. And um, he said it was the entertainment of the the, um, of the train because everyone was sort of listening to this one-sided conversation and you're you sort of imagining what's happening on the other side and he was he said it was hilarious because it was like you know no it's finished it's all over no 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 you can't don't don't say that no we are finished and it was like oh this is really serious you know what, what what's happening here and he said everyone everyone sort of went around quiet because they're, they're trying to to um, listen to this conversation and it was like a long conversation with many stations and they're all listening listening and, and, and he said everyone felt at the end as if they were really a part of this 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 um, drama that was happening right in their midst everyone felt like at, at, he said when he hung up at the end everyone felt like they you know they should either hug him or clap or do something because everyone had been been taken on the journey of this conversation, this one-sided conversation. They can imagine the other side through his responses. And I just want you to think about that, that if you're listening to if someone on the phone call, you're getting, um, you're getting their side, you're hearing their side, but you're having to imagine what's happening on the other end of the telephone. You're having to put the pieces together and you can sort of do that. You can use both the words, but also the tone, the expression. If I answer the phone call that says, hello, Peter speaking. No, 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 I'm not interested. No, goodbye. Oh, wow. What was that? Who would, anyone guess what was on the other end of that telephone call? Um, at the moment, it would be um, someone trying to sell me solar panels or trying to, um, uh, or even worse, someone trying to, to say, oh, you know, you haven't paid your taxes, but, but if, you, if you give me your bank account details right now, we'll sort this all out. Um, and I would be rude and I would hang up. But you didn't even have to know that. to. You, but, but you didn't know what it was, but you just knew I was being rude to them. 
you knew that I was being short to them. But if I answer phone, hi, oh, how you doing? How's your day going? You, you automatically think of oh, someone he's familiar with, someone he's close to. Um, we're picking those up by tone. We're picking up those by the words. Um, but you, you can do that. You, you can be an expert in the ability to listen in on a conversation and piece together and try and work it out. But it can be hard. You've, it, you've got to use a bit of detective skills. You've got to be able to work out what to do. Um, we just, Jordan says, we just need two minutes to do a quick survey about your experiences. Um, oh, telemarketer. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jordan, I got, yeah, so telemarketer, Jordan says, we just need two minutes to do a quick survey, and then they launch into this thing. Yeah, and then, yeah, you know those telemarketers? Hang up on them. All right, so um, you can pick up on those sort of feelings through my response. Am I friendly towards them? Am I upset against them? And um, that's a really important skill that I want you now to bring to your Bible reading. We're going to go to the book of Galatians. Um, I really felt I was going to do a very short book, you know, like um, 2 John, 3 John, um, and because it's sort of, you know, you can sort of do, the, do this in a very um, condensed way. But no, I just really felt in my heart, let's, let's dive in deep. I'm going to trust you guys. We're going to go, get, are, are you in, in with me here? Put up your hand if you say, yep. Don't give it to me too small. Don't, don't treat me like a baby. Don't treat me like a little kid. I'm, I'm ready to take some meaty stuff here. So we're going to go to the book of Galatians. And, um, and listen to one side of a conversation. Because the Bible is a book, when we come to this, what are we hearing? We're hearing one side of a phone conversation. And we've got some difficulties. We can't, we can't even hear it. We can read it, but we can't even hear Paul. So we have to sort of try and hear him through his words. We have to hear him through what he is saying. But, you know, you, you are skilled at this. This is what I'm saying. You already do this all the time when you're listening and watching and doing things. You're assessing and making... Um, making guesses and then sort of working out how true is that you know so when you listen to someone on the phone um you're saying is it someone you is they're friendly with i i can tell when christine answers the phone i don't have to see it i can listen by the tone of her voice for the words she is ah i'm i'm taking a guess who she's um, speaking to because you know there's a certain style that you use there's words that you use but then it might she might be start to say things um and you sort of say oh, okay what's the other side of this story um, and that's what you need to do with the book of Galatians or any book. And I'm teaching you this because this is one of the great skills you use throughout the whole Bible, but it's particularly um, applicable through the letters. Um, and the letters in the New Testament are a great source of our teaching and where we get our New Testament truth from and how to live today. We're New Testament Christians, so so much of our teaching and training comes through the New Testament. And the New Testament is effectively a lot of letters written primarily by Paul, but then others by Peter and James and John um, at the end. But primarily, they're letters from by Paul sharing and talking to New Testament Christians. But we have to remember that they are letters to a particular group of people in a particular situation that they're dealing with and facing. And so we're like, we've got half the conversation here. We don't know what the other half is. But just like listening to a phone conversation, you're not totally blind. 
you can use their responses, you can use their words, and thankfully we also have some outside information. We have other letters that Paul wrote that sometimes gives us some um, outside information about what the circumstances were in particular churches, but also in the book of Acts, we have the history where he is going through those churches and we get the um, understanding of some of the things that were happening. So we can use both the history of the book of Acts plus the other um, letters that he wrote to help us get some insight into what's happening here. But what I want you to do is to take the skill of recognizing the Bible is a book. So when I come here, my first job, my first job, my first job is understand what is Paul saying um, why and why is he saying it? What, what's the purpose? What's he trying to answer? What's he trying to deal with? There's someone else on the other end of this conversation. He is writing to people. And I have to, as far as I can, as best as I can, I have to get into their shoes or into their sandals. And I have to be sitting whilst this is being read. And I have to be making it relevant to me that I understand exactly as as, as far as I can, what it is that Paul was saying to them, why he was saying to them, how they would have felt, how they would have been uh, responding to that, whether it would have been making them upset, how it would have um, sounded to those around us. Why do I need to do this? Because it's essentially by treating it as a book and understanding this is how it was given. This is the way God intended it to be shared. He did this on purpose. So it's there, but I've got to, I've got to apply myself for it. You know, in the book of James, we talked about the fact that one of the key parts um, of um, approaching the Word of God, um, it says, um, you know, the Word's like a mirror, and we've got to um, you know, look at it. But it says, um, he who looks intently at the perfect law of the Lord. Um, intently means to lean into it. He who looks at the word of that's from James 1, um, verse 25. And we talked about this, I think, last um, um, academy that we did. He, he who comes to the word of God must look intently at it. In other words, you've got to lean in on it. You've got to get, you've got, you can't just sort of sit back and just sort of let it all just, just come to you. You've actually got to lean in. You've got to, okay, open it up. Lean in and begin to read it and study it as best as you can. Now, when I say study it, some people sort of say, okay, I'm just going to look and try and find any truth that works for me. No, the first place we're going to start, and this is how I'm teaching you to fish so that you can feed yourself um, for a lifetime, is the first stage is try and seek the best of your ability, understand what it was that Paul was speaking to, try and put two parts of the conversation together as best you can, work through, and then you'll find there are a lot of little clues in here. If you're looking for them, they're there. If you're looking for them, you'll see them. If you're not looking for them, you often you'll skim over it, you won't recognize them, you won't see them as clues. But if you take time to read it, and your first aim is to say, how was this being received? What did they understand it to being, you know, as to being, what was Paul trying to say to them? And that gives us some guidelines, at least, as to what the word can mean and it did mean in their circumstances. Now, I don't know what they were going through. It's 2,000 years ago. So many things have, been, have changed. We're in such a different world. But there are many similarities. And this is one of the reasons I like to do this with a, an epistle or you know, a fancy letter, a name for a letter. It's because we do understand how letters work. We understand when someone is writing to someone else, you know, and today it would be an email, someone sending an email, someone um, sending a, t a long text, um, someone sending an old school letter printed out, 
put in an envelope and sent to them. We sort of understand how that works. It's a communication where one person is doing all the talking, but they are addressing situations that both people, both parties are aware of. Um, so when I say, you know, I'm writing to you about the problem you talked to me about, um, it's like, oh, I wish he would say what that problem was because now I've got to try and, and guess a little bit. But sometimes when they deal with things, there are clues there. So I want you to become um, so aware of what is, what are the clues that Paul is giving. Um, and so what we're going to do is I'm just going to sort of read through Galatians with you like I would and say, okay, I want, to, I want to take you through the process that I would go through so that you can understand how to find some of those clues, to have, what you're looking for, what it looks like to try and get this information. I'm also going to give you some help. As much as possible, I'm not going to go outside to other sources or writers or authors to get our help. I'm going to try and do it from within the Bible and particularly within this book itself because I, I don't want you to um, mistakenly get the understanding that I need to go to experts to do this. The experts will sort this all out for, and they have this special ability. They've got they've got access to information that I don't have access to, and so they I could never do what they're doing. I don't want you to, to um, feel like that. I've particularly tried to steer into let's just discover what is written from within before we get too heavily involved in finding out what other people think about or what their views are, because. The danger is that you can sort of say, well, the Bible's so tricky, this Bible's so difficult that I can't afford to try and work it out what it says myself. No. Many of the things that people have discovered and they, when they share, they, it, all it is is they've taken the time to study the Word of God and to go through the scriptures and find a, a something in Romans and something in Hebrews and something that Paul said in Galatians, put them all together and bring it as if he has information to you. And it sounds like, oh, that's amazing. Where did you get that from? Well, it actually just all came from within the Bible, but they've just taken the time to sift through and get it. So I don't want you to get the impression that um, I will never be able to understand this fully. I will never be able to really understand this because these are people that lived 2,000 years ago. They face things that I don't understand. They were in a different world. And I really just need to um, lean into the experts and let them tell me what it means. That is um, just not how the Word of God works. The Bible is a book, but it's also God-breathed. There's an ability for the Holy Spirit to use this to speak to you, to train you, and to equip you. But you've got to treat it like a book. Because some people say, oh, I can't do the book part. That's too hard. Um, I'm not an expert. I'm not a scholar. So I'll just lean in, and I'll just go to the other side. I'll just lean into the fact that it's God-breathed, and I'll just let it speak to me. Do you know what I mean? I'll leave all that scholar stuff to the scholars. I'll leave all that fancy stuff to the people with you know, letters behind their name or people who you know, have gone to Bible college. I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to be a, you know, a normal, average Christian, and I'll just let the Holy Spirit speak to me. And it almost sounds like, you know, uh, you know this is the real stuff. Um, I'll just let the Holy Spirit speak to me. And that sounds really good. That sounds amazing. Yes, you want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And you sound almost spiritual when you sound, say that. But can I just say the challenge is sometimes you... you um, you're, you're downplaying what you are doing. You are making some interpretation. But by not doing it on purpose and by not doing it focused, you run the risk. 
that you're not going to actually get the, what the Holy Spirit was really wanting to say. You're going to skim the surface. You might get some of the things that God is saying, but you're not diving in and understanding. By not trying to understand both sides of the conversation, you can not fully understand what, what um, Paul is saying. Therefore, you just have to sort of skim and just get, I think he's saying this or this applies to me. But what you'll find is that you won't be able to get the depths and the, and the, 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 the great... Um, like Paul was like, get this. And you say, yeah, I don't really understand what you're saying, Paul. Why are you, why are you so angry, Paul? Why are you so concerned? Oh, Paul, just settle down. Um, okay, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what all this stuff is about the law. Um, yeah, I don't really get it. <laughs> okay, um, I will just read through till I get some stuff that I can understand. And yeah, okay, love your neighbor. Yeah, I can get that. That's really good. And you should be constantly looking to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. But... If you don't learn the skill of using the Bible as a book, it does limit how much the Holy Spirit is able to, to share with you because he can only take the things that you understand and take the surface level. So I want us to say, I want to teach you and show you how to approach this, but I'm going to do it in a way that doesn't rely heavily on others giving you all the information. I will show you some resources to give you some help at the start, because like we said, we're talking about a one-sided letter, and it can be a little bit daunting and a little bit overwhelming, like, I don't get this. What's he saying? He will refer to some things that I just don't understand, things about the law and about... Um, the, 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 you know, some of the Old Testament concepts. And unless you've gone back and, and, and read through those Old Testament things yourself, some of them might seem a bit strange. Like I said, they're there, and you can go back and read them, and you can get the understanding, but it might be just, oh, I get the sense I don't understand. So I will give you a couple of helps and, and some initial hints to get you started, and I will show you how to do it in a way that doesn't do all the work for you and leave you just sort of... Um, thinking, oh, I, I can just, I can just now pick the bones and, and and get what the Holy Spirit says. I want to show you a way of doing this study that will give you some help to get started, but then will leave you to do the sorting through and the sifting through. Because I really think that when you do that, you will get truths that will really shape you. This is something powerful about getting a revelation yourself from the Word of God. <coughs> you know, so different to just someone saying, hey, this is what Paul said, this is what Paul did. Suddenly you understand, that's what Paul was on. A, and it's like, I get it. I get it now. I get why Paul was so upset. I get why he was so agitated. So I want to share, how do you approach something like a letter? What would I do if I was coming to the first time to read the book of Galatians? Now you might have read it a few times, but you're going to come to it for the first time and say, okay, I am going to understand this letter. I am going to try and get my head around what who the Galatians were, what they were hearing, what was Paul really trying to say. And then as I get that understanding, obviously I take it to the next level because I know it's God breathed. I say, and how does that apply to me today? How does this work into my situation? So if I can say anything as an overarching um, answer to what you need to do or as a, a, as a principle, a key for what you need to do, maybe a key is even a better word, key for what you need to do is read with questions in mind. Read the Word of God asking something. Don't just read and just let it speak to you. Read asking and wanting to learn and wanting to know. Now, I'm not saying um, come up with something that you've already, um, okay, um, I've got, you know, okay, for instance, I'm having, I'm having a difficulty with, with my neighbor in this area. Now I'm coming to the Bible. God, what, what's the answer for this? 
Yeah, that's, that's good to come to the Word of God to want to get answers to what you're facing and what you're dealing with today. But I'm more saying, you're tr- the first question is, I'm coming there to say, what was Paul saying? What was he wanting to get across? What were the Galatians going through that he was struggling with? And then as I understand their problems, I can see how they have parallels to my problems. Do you understand that? As I understand what Paul is dealing with with them, I can begin to find the parallels. That's just like what I'm going through. That's what I'm facing. That's what we're facing in the church today. That's the problem we have in the world. Um, let me give you an example of, of a scripture that I, um, I have probably, you know, done this, done one of the heaviest highlighters I've, I've done in, in one of my scriptures today. In, in my Bible, it's like a big box with a big arrow and I says, and, and this is what I've written in my margin, the problem with the world today. All right. There is one scripture that I've said, the problem with the world today. Exclamation mark. So I found Paul saying something in the book of Galatians, which I said, man, that's just like what we face today. That is the problem that is in the world today. And so I, I was like, okay, how did Paul handle this problem? Do you want to know what the scripture is? It's um, uh, Galatians 4.16. Galatians 4.16. And you tell me if you, if, you know, if you agree with me that this is just like the problem in the world today. He says, Paul says, have I now become your enemy because I am telling you the truth? Have I now become your enemy because I am telling you the truth? Um, the, um, can you see this? Can you see that Paul was sharing something with them and the truth that he was sharing was upsetting them? And he says, have I become your enemy? In other words, have I, has my truth turned, caused you to turn on me? Are you angry with me? Do you think that I am against you? Because I'm just sharing with you the truth. I tell you, that's, that to me is a problem we face in the world today. If I go and share the truth, if I share the truth today, people say I'm their enemy. Um, <laughs> they think I'm against them. They think I hate them. They think that's just hate speech. Paul was saying, by sharing the truth with you, I can see that the danger is that you're going to think I'm your enemy. You're going to be, you're going to become, we're going to become um, enemies. You're going to be adversarial to me. You're going to be against me. It's going to be a fight. And it's like, whoa, Paul was facing a situation where if he shared the truth, it could be interpreted and taken as a real negative thing. Does that sound like today? Yeah, Judith says that is so like today. It is. You go on to a social media platform and share some things which are truth with a heart just to share the truth. And will you not be taken as an enemy? Will not people rise up and, and slam you and say, you're my enemy, you're, you're, you're against me, you are a hater, you're, uh, and I'm like, I'm just trying to share truth. Now, here, here's what I'm saying. What was it that Paul was sharing that was causing his world to be so inflamed? What was it that he was doing? How did he approach this position? Did he pull back? Did he share more? Did he, did he just say, oh, I'm going to share, I don't care what you say? How did Paul approach this? And that, I'm saying, okay, now I'm learning that there's, my, there's some parallels here. Hey, this is the world I'm living in, and there's problems that we are facing. They might not be exactly the same problems. There might be some similarities, but there might be different problems. But I can actually learn from how Paul was addressing things and to say, well, how should I address things? How will I handle these things? How will I respond when people 
um, find that I'm their enemy? Do, do I pull back? What's my way of dealing with this? And so, oh, but before I can fully understand that, I must say, well, what was it he was sharing? What was it that was causing this um, attitude? I picked the book of Galatians um, as, in, as, as, a good, as an example because it's, it has sort of a very singular um, purpose through it. Um, in some of the other letters, like the uh, letter of the book of Romans, Paul, or Corinthians, even better, 1 Corinthians, Paul addresses a number of things that they've raised with him. So they, they've obviously written a letter to Paul. This is in the, the Corinthian church. And, and it's come to him. These are the concerns. Or I don't know whether it was a letter necessary, or at least someone came visiting from the Corinthian church and said, Paul, these are the things that they're, they're, um, they want to, um, you to, to address. And so the Corinthian letter actually has multiple things that he's addressing throughout the letter. Some of them, you know, it might, it might address in a few verses. Some things might take a couple of chapters in terms of our, you know, how we've divided the Bible up. And so um, the Corinthian letter has sort of multiple things that he's is tackling and addressing. And underneath all that, you've got what Paul is trying to address and want, wants to get through. You know, can I just say something? When someone's addressing an issue, um, you might ask me the questions, but I can, if I'm, you know, sort of clever, I can actually answer questions that you haven't asked. I can say, yeah, that's a really good question, da, da, da. But what I'm also trying to do is work into you the things that are really on my heart. And I find that in Paul's letters as well. Sometimes he's addressing just what they've given to him as a problem or what they, that they see as the problem. But then Paul is also trying to get to them what's on his heart. And I think that's an important thing to learn. What did Paul really want them to, to grab hold of? What was it that Paul was really passionate about? You know, do you think that's a good clue to learn? What was the stuff that Paul was passionate about? Um, oh, let, let me give you an example on this. Um, let, let's say I was talking to my um, children and, you know, the teenagers. Let, let's say I've got two kids, um, two twins, two twins there, 14 years of age, two boys, and they're fighting and they're wrestling and they're, and they're, and they're bad-mouthing each other. And, and I'm like, pull them off, separate them, sit them down, talk to them. What are you doing? Why, you know, what, what, what's causing this issue? Why are you fighting? He said this, you know, he wouldn't do this. Okay, let's sort this through. I could solve the problems and I could sort through the things that they're going through. And I would be giving fatherly advice and I'd be giving helpful advice. But you know, there's another layer of things where I say, you know what, I wish I wasn't having to sort through these problems because there's other things I would like to be telling you. Things that I would like to tell you beyond how to stop fighting, I would like to tell you how to live in a positive way. I want to tell you about how to, hey, I want to find out what your gifting is and what God's called you to. I want to talk to you about things that you can be doing in the future. Ah, oh, but I just have to address what you're dealing with now. But in my heart, I, there's so much more I want to share with you. I want to share. And, and I, I, I want to challenge you when you're listening to Paul, what's on his heart? You can sort of learn these things. You can sort of get into his mind and his heart by reading his letters and getting into and finding out what's he, what he's passionate about and not just in solving problems, but find out when he gets excited and goes beyond the problem. Okay, think about that. What, what does Paul do when he gets passionate about something? What is it that really floats his boat and gets him going? You know, what is it? Because that's a really good thing to know. Because, hey, that's the sort of thing that it gets gets God excited. It's the thing that God is looking for. What it, you know, this is a man of God who wrote so much of the New Testament. You don't think that some of the things that had worked in his heart, God was saying, that's what I want. That's what I want in, in one of my followers. So you, you're looking 
at what he's addressing, but also what he's passionate about, what he wants them to get to, what he's frustrated by. <laughs> Guys, why are you back at square one? We should be up here, but I'm having to come back here. And sometimes he talks like that. Why? I want to be up here, but I'm having to come back here. Well, what is it that he was wanting to get to? What, what is it that we could take him to? So let's look at the book of Galatians because it has that, it, it deals with a one big issue. And um, so that makes it a little bit easier. He, he, do, he, he progresses through and he talks about it in different ways, but there's one big issue that Paul has, has got to. Now, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to start by saying, even though I said we could do this by just, we could do this literally just by starting in verse one, and saying this letter is from Paul, and let's read totally in, in, from inside the letter. All right, let's just go totally inside the letter and not look at anything else. And you could do that, but I'm going to do and give you some at least one or two clues that would help you say, okay, I just want a little bit of help. I want some foundational stuff. Now, what I don't want you to do is go and read a book on Galatians. I don't want you to read a commentary on Galatians, which is going to be excellent teaching, but I don't want you to go and hear what someone else has discovered first. I don't want you to go and find out what, you know, I don't want you to go and listen to my, you know, my, you know, any sermons I've done on, the, on Galatians. Don't do that yet. Just, first of all, do your own reading start. Let, let your own impressions, the own first impressions come. But I do understand that we're looking at a letter to people that lived 2,000 years ago. We don't even know, many of you wouldn't even know where Galatia is and who are the Galatians. They're not familiar people. It's not like I'm saying, you know, to the French, to the, you know, at least I would know what areas in the world. I don't even know. I'm going to guess most of you don't even know where the area of Galatia is. You're not sort of sure of what the people are. And it's, it's, it's not even, um, even scholars, you know, can't say pinpoint, say exactly. It's a region. It's an area. Um, so... But we sort of have some things that we already know without looking up. That they're, they're a New Testament church. They're a church that has been founded and started through Paul's ministry and through um, the, the missionary gospels, uh, the, the gospel missions that Paul went on. Um, if you want to do some background reading, reading the book of Acts is a great way to do background reading because it talks about the journeys that Paul went on, the things that he faced, the way he started churches, the problems he had in churches. So if you read through the book of Acts, you'll get an immediate help because it will help provide some, some, something of a, um, a grounding place, a, a foundation for the letters because they've come out of what Paul has done. So if you want some background reading, read the book of Acts. Just read it through, you know, take a, an easy to read translation, like the New Living Translation, um, even the Message Bible, the Living Bible. Um, but, you know, New Living Translation is a great one. Just read through the book of Acts um, to get a foundation. And you say, oh, that's a bit of, that's a bit of a, you know, oh, can I just study a verse? Can I? Yes, you can study a verse. Yes, you can do it. But I can, can I explain to you why I'm telling you this? Because we are here at Bible Academy. We're not at Sunday school. All right, we're not just at, at some, um, I'm going to give you an amazing sermon and you can listen to it. Bible Academy is telling you that in order to do this, you're going to have to do some digging. You're going to have to do some intent looking. What do I say in the book of James? Looking intently in the word. You're going to have to give it some attention and you're going to have to work your way think, through things. Um, you're going to have to be diligent at this. It's not something you can just do once and just get it. You're going to have to take time. But what I'm not, what I am, what I'm not saying is unless you do all this deep diving, you won't get anything from it and the Holy Spirit won't speak to you until you're done. No. You can, you can get truth as you're reading and as you're working through this. The Holy Spirit is amazing. This is God-breathed. It will work in your life. 
but I am challenging you, you will need to spend time doing some background reading. And, you know, ultimately, you need to read the Old Testament. Oh, that's a big book. Well, just read it. Um, you know, set aside reading you know, two, uh, one or two chapters or three chapters a day. It might take you a while, but just get through it. Um, just read through it. Why? Because that is a foundation for... Um, you know, what we're doing here. But I'm saying, is there any way we can fast track that a little bit, give you some help? Yes, I'm going to give you a couple of clues here. First of all, I'm going to tell you about a book that um, I've given to, um, to Jordan. All right. So Jordan, this is his book. I borrowed it from him um, and I've got to make sure I take it back tonight. It's called, hold up here, 30 Days to Understanding the Bible. All right. This is a um, new version. I did this by Max Anders. Max Anders, um, Max Anders is the author. Um, it's Subtitled, Unlock the Scriptures in 15 Minutes a Day. So if you will take 30 days and give 15 minutes a day, um, this will help you to provide a foundation for the whole of the Scriptures. This is a great book. I remember doing this um, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 30, uh, probably 30 years ago. Um, and it's a really well laid out book. Um, I don't know whether you can see this. It's just, um, all right, that probably doesn't give you a good... Okay, that's probably a better page there. Lots of charts and diagrams that you fill in. Okay, not sure where that's focused, doesn't matter. Gives you the idea. Um, what he does is he takes you through the big pictures of the Bible. So the, the arc of the Bible history, from 1 through to 12, the whole of the history of the Bible, um, the geography of the Bible. He'll, he'll sort of take you through all the key areas that you need to know just to, so when it talks about places, you've got a bit, bit of a foundation. The key people in the Bible, the key, um, the, 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 you know, the, from the Old Testament right through the New Testament, works us through. So I recommend that. If you wanted 30 days, 15 minutes a day, at the end of that 30 days, you will be have been given a panoramic view of the Bible in terms of its history, in terms of its geography, in terms of um, key characters and key people, key truths that are mentioned. It's not, it doesn't have everything, um, but you're not going to get everything in, in um, this one, one panoramic view. Um, there's some stuff in there that I, I say, ah, oh, I would have emphasized this. That's fine. We, we, I, can, I can add those to my own Bible teaching and training. But as a resource, I would recommend that as a starting point. All right, so that gives you so that can give you that a bigger picture that understands then where Galatians fits in to that panoramic view. But we're not going to do that this morning. We obviously can't stop and give you that panorama um, of everything. Um, but so how do we do it when we come to the book of Galatians? When I come to approach here, is there anything I can do that just helps me to get a little snapshot to what is Paul doing? What am I expected to read? So I'm handing you a letter, and you say. Um, What's in this? You know, have you ever received that? You know, someone gives you a, a, a letter and it's, you know, six pages long and you go, oh, can you just give me a quick summary of what, what this is about? And can I just give you a quick summary of what the book of Galatians is about? Where do I get that? So that as I read it, it I'm, I'm at least coming to it with some understanding. Like I said, don't go and say, oh, I need to understand everything from someone else's point of view. Um, so I'm going to share with you something, um, for instance, in this is another book. But you can, I'll show you how you can get this one online. This is called Talk Through the New Testament. And it just takes each of the books of the New Testament and gives a quick summary of the book. So in the book of Galatians, 
for instance, two or three pages, and it has this um, introduction, who the author is, what was the date and the setting, and the th that's probably the date and the setting to me is the key. What, what was happening around this letter that caused Paul to write it? Okay, some of these clues, yes, you can get from inside here. This just helps to give a little bit of an outside. So, um, I'm going to give you a clue how to find something online. I found um, something that you can go to. You could go to places like The Bible Project and just type, type in Galatians, The Bible Project. They will give you like a 10-minute video about Galatians. It's really good. It's probably too good <laughs> for your first reading. I, it's like, I would actually want you to study the book of Galatians a little bit and then watch that because it's like they give you so much information. They, they dive in and I would like you to sort of discover some of these things yourself first. Um, but the Bible Project, Galatians, a great um, overview video. But it goes into the actual teaching and that's not necessarily everything I want. So um, I want to... Um, This is for my freedom thing we did the other day. Um, all right, so typing Galatians. And, um, and then gotquestions.org. That's gotquestions, one word. There's a website called gotquestions about Christianity. So Galatians, gotquestions.org. Hit return, and um, and they've got and they've, at the website it's a summary of the book of Galatians. And I click on that, and there you have just a short summary of the book of Galatians. If I was going to start, I would use this. Okay, it's a nice short, sharp little overview. Doesn't go into too much depth. It's not trying to teach you everything it says, but it's got an overview of Galatia. Uh, the Galatian church and where Galatia was. Okay, so um, I don't know whether you can see that on here. The, the text might be a bit small, but let me just read it to you. Um, the author clearly identifies Apostle Paul as the writer of the Epistle of Galatians. That's pretty good. Um, we could get that ourselves just by reading. This part we couldn't get. Galatians is likely the first New Testament book to be written. There you go, say likely. They're, they're taking a bit of a guess based on other things, but they're giving you an idea. This is one of the first things that Paul wrote, one of the first churches he was addressing. Um, composed sometime soon after AD 49. So, Jesus' ministry, 30 to 33 AD. Um, so this is 17 years after Jesus has gone and the church has started from the book of Acts. So it's relatively early days in the, in the life of the church. Um, again, just to give you some overview, um, you know, uh, Paul. Uh, so the last letters written by John, you know, the book of Revelation, um, probably around the 90s, 90 AD. So between 50 AD and 90 AD, there's where all the letters were written in that 40-year span. Okay, now this is this is the part that I want you to sort of okay, two paragraphs that will just help to give you a bit of a summary. What am I looking for here? Okay, this is what I'm. Before I dive into the book of Galatians, what am I looking for? It says, the purpose of writing. The churches in Galatia were comprised of both Jewish and Gentile converts. Paul's purpose in writing to these churches was to confirm them in the faith, especially concerning justification by faith alone, apart from the works of the laws, the law of Moses. 
Galatians was written because the churches of that region were facing a theological crisis. The essential truth of justification by faith rather than by human works was being denied by the Judaizers, legalistic Jews who insisted that Christians must keep the Mosaic law. In particular, the Judaizers, in, Judaizers insisted on circumcision as a requirement for Gentiles who wished to be saved. In other words, convert, convert to Judaism first and then you're eligible to become a Christian. When Paul learned that this heresy was being taught to the Galatian churches, he composed an epistle to emphasize our liberty in Christ and to counter the perversion of the gospel that the Judaizers promoted. All right, um, that's all you need to... Um, that's, that's, that's all I think you need to dive in yourself. All right, you don't need to study lots and lots. I'm just giving you a quick overview. I'm telling you, okay, you're about to hear a phone conversation. Let me just give you a quick overview of what's happening between these two parties so that you can get a feel for it. All right, I'm about to share one side of this conversation. Let me just give you a quick overview of what's happening between them. You've got two groups. You've got um, Paul, who's writing because he is deeply concerned about something that is happening to the churches, the churches that he started, the churches that he was a part of forming and seeing um, become established. And he had shared with them the good news about Jesus. Now others have come in and there's a mixture now of Gentile believers, Gentile believers, those who are not from the Jewish background, they're not Jewish um, by the heredity, they are now coming in and we've got now Judaizers coming in and saying, yeah, they're trying to mix Christianity with their Jewish understanding. And you say, well, that's, is, is that wrong? Is that wrong to bring a Jewish understanding? You know, we, we, we had um, a, a rabbi come and speak to us, a Messianic rabbi, come and speak to us about the Passover um, just a couple of weeks ago. Lawrence Hirsch came to our church and shared with us what the Passover was from a Jewish perspective. And, and Jewish... Um, uh, uh, what are they called? Jew Jewish ceremonies and, and Jewish customs and Jewish understanding of, of the Old Testament and, and how the Passover represented um, Jesus through these forms. So are we saying is it wrong to bring a Jewish heritage into our Christianity? See, that's a good question. Is that wrong? Is it, should we cut off our Jewish heritage? Should we separate ourselves from everything Jewish because we're now Christians. We're New Testament Christians. I've heard some people say, I don't read the Old Testament because I'm a New Testament Christian. Is that a good thing to say or a foolish thing to say? Why is it? You know, you say, I just, and people say, I don't bother reading the, um, all the Old Testament. I just read Paul's writings because effectively that's, that's, the, that's the most important teaching I can, I can have. So I just dive deep into that. Is that a wrong thing to say? You say, I, can you see, these are some, some of the questions. Now, we say, well, these aren't questions I'm asking. <laughs> these, um, these aren't issues that I'm facing. I'm not facing Judaizers coming into my church and telling me I must be, everyone's got to be circumcised in order to be true Christian. Um, I don't, have, has anyone here heard any teaching like that in the last 20 years in your church? If you come to Breakthrough, 
I can be pretty uh, pretty certain. I've never stood up and I've never said, listen, in order to be saved, if you're going to be really saved, if you're going to be a real Christian, we ought to sort ourselves out first of all in terms of being um, make sure that we're acceptable to God and we need to do what the law has said and we need to be circumcised and we need to do this. And then, yeah, it's good to become a Christian, but we need to get this sorted because that's the way God did it. You don't hear that teaching today and praise God for it. Um, praise God that that because Paul dealt with that. But that's not really an issue to us. So you sort of say, well, so now I'm sort of saying, well, Paul's, Paul's dealing with something that's not an issue to us. Paul's scratching something where I'm not itching. Paul, um, Paul is, is attacking something and trying to sort something out. That's not an issue here today. Um, so part of you could say, well, that's sort of irrelevant. Well, I'll just read through it to see if I can find something that really works with me today. The danger is by not understanding what Paul was actually dealing with and addressing and by first stopping to say, well, what was Paul dealing with? What was the issues that that church were facing? By not understanding that, I struggle and will not be able to come to the point where I am able to Take the parallels of what God is saying and put them into my own life today. This is the problem. If I just say, well, that's irrelevant to me. That's a bit strange. Paul Judaizes circumcision, the law. I don't really understand any of that. It doesn't really, it doesn't ring true. Hey, can Paul just tell me how to live in a 21st century world? How to deal with, um, you know, my feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm not living up to the standards and social media making me um, nervous and, and and terrified at the same time. How can I live a day when I'm struggling to know whether I'm going to have a job, you know, in 10 years time because artificial intelligence is taking all the jobs and, and, and you know, all these things. And, and I'm living in a world where, you know, um, we're, we're using up all our fossil fuel and, and, and we're, we're destroying our planet and it's going to be terrible for our kids. That's the world I need answers for. I, I appreciate what Paul was dealing with, but that's really got, none. it doesn't float. It, does, it doesn't, it doesn't, do anything for me. The danger is if we take that approach and we say that I don't really understand that, I don't really get what they were going through, and then just sort of try and cherry pick some stuff that works with me today. What we do is we miss by working out the issues that they faced, how they processed them, and how some of the foundational truths that Paul was dealing with would then he would also how he would. I can learn. I can sort of extrapolate. How would he talk about some of the things we're facing today? by seeing how he faced, how he dealt with the things that they faced in those days. By understanding that principle and getting behind his conversation, his arguments, his, his, his teaching on these things, I can then draw it into this world. If I don't do that, I'm a danger of just cherry picking and not understanding what he's saying and not really being able to get truth for today. But if I will take the time to fully understand the issues that Paul was addressing in the Galatian church, Getting into that situation, diving into that, I will find that the Holy Spirit will be able to then quicken to me truths and principles and keys that then will apply into my life today. Like I said, Paul said that amazing scripture where it said, um, I have, there, have I therefore become your enemy by telling you the truth? That is something which is very relevant today. But I need to understand how, how did that come about? What was he saying? Was he just being... Um, antagonistic was he just stirring them up um, what does it mean so we need to read through the book of galatians with that hunger and desire to understand how did paul address this problem there was an issue people had come into the church and said yes 
we can, you can be Christian, but you've got to do it in a Jewish way. You've got to have these laws and these rules. Um, effectively, that Christianity is like super-powered Judaism. It's, it's just a Jew on steroids. Whereas Paul's saying, no, no, you, you misunderstood. It's a brand new creature. It's not just a super-powered Jew living out the law amazingly well and doing everything perfectly by the law. No, it's a, it's a brand new creature. And we've, I've, I've got I've to show you that. And I've got to give you an understanding of that. So when we read through the book of Galatians, what I want you to do is be reading through with um, eyes that trying to hear. Why is he saying that? Why, what, what, what purpose is he giving that? And let's just take an example here. Um, Galatians chapter 1. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. Now just listen to the way Paul introduces this letter. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. Um, that's an interesting way of, of starting a letter. I'm an apostle. And I, I'm, I didn't get my apostleship by some group saying you're an apostle. I got it by Jesus himself. And I got it by the God that raised Jesus from the dead. Um, Paul's very confident in where his authority comes from and how he's dealing with this. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. He writes... Okay, and then you might say, well, I, I don't understand maybe what an apostle is. We can take time. How do I explore that? We can look at things. You know, you can take a little bit of a, um, a sideways. What I would suggest, if I was doing this the first time, I would have a little notepad next to me. And as I was reading through, I would make a note um, and put a question mark. Or even better, get a Bible that you, you feel very free to, to write in and to color in and things like that. And, um, and maybe pick a color that you haven't, you know, maybe pick you know, lime green. And you say, okay, I'm going to read through. And everywhere that it says, like, I think there's something important in this, or I think there's something that is behind this, I'm just going to put a little line under it. So, you know, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men. Well, I'm just going to underline that. And then I'm going to keep reading, because at the moment, the first thing I would do is not get bogged down into the specifics and the smallness and the, and the, the detail. I want to just keep reading through so I could read the whole book of Galatians with this. I'm listening. You know, if, I'm, if I stop too early, I, 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 I break the flow and I get hung up on a, on, a, on a little phrase or something. Yes, I can go back to it. Yes, I want to do it. But the first time I want to sit down, if possible, I would read through the book of Galatians in one, one reading. It's six chapters, but they're not that long. And, it, you know, there's um, in, in my Bible here, one, two, three, four... Five, six, seven, eight, eight and a bit pages. Um, you know, really, eight and a bit pages of a novel is nothing. <laughs> um, and so I would suggest you just sit, you know, give yourself 20 to 30 minutes to sit down and just read through the book of Galatians. And like I said, just have a pencil there um, or a notebook and just write, you know, just write a couple of notes. But don't go heavy in that. Just keep yourself moving and flowing. This is my how I would approach it. And I'm teaching this to you so that you can also learn how to hear and understand. I would read through this through the eyes. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get into two 
mindsets. I'm trying to get into Paul's mind. I want to hear his passion. I want to hear what he's saying. But then I also want to imagine what it's like being in the Galatian church and having Paul's letter read out to you. Eventually, so, so the first time, I, I normally start by trying to imagine it from Paul's point of view. But then after reading that, I'd come back and read it again, trying to imagine it from what's it like to be hearing these words? What would it be like to be receiving this? What are the keys? What is Paul saying? What is he doing? Um, and so um, verse 2, all the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. So I've got a little clue there, churches of Galatia. It's a regional letter, okay? churches of Galatia. It's not one church, it's a church in a region. So it's, it's covering a, a, a group of churches. All right, some questions I have there, you know, how would I feel, you know, how, what, you know, what are the factions? How do we all get along? You know, things like that. Um, May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Amen. Lovely introduction, Paul. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. And um, you say amen to that. And that sounds like a very Christian greeting. And, and I might make a little note why this particular greeting. You know, Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as our God, our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world. Okay, that's, is, is he just sort of saying a nice Christian thing? Or is he actually laying a foundation and saying, I, just, I, I want to tell you that this is something that's important. This is something that you need to know. Um, verse 6. I am shocked that you're turning away. Oh, okay, now we're into it. Okay, the greeting has finished. I am shocked that you're turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. Okay, Paul is not... He, he, we're into it. Can you, can you sense the... Wow, imagine if you got this letter and you, wow, I am shocked that you're turning away. So, wow, okay, this is, wow, this, this is rebuke stuff, isn't it? This is, don't take this, don't take this lightly. I, I'm really upset. Um, it, but it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Wow, okay, you are actually being hoodwinked by people who are deliberately twisting the truth. These are, these are bold statements. These are heavy statements. Um, just, just do your imagination. Just let your imagination run for a little bit. This is what I'm saying. You don't have to go, to, you don't have to go and go to some scholar's book to find this out. Just sit there and think. Think. How upset must Paul be to write these things? What is it he's really upset with? What has really caused him to get mad? Um, and, and to speak so for, uh, forcefully. Um, think about being the Galatian people listening to this. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Um, where are these people? Who are they? Well, they're most likely sitting in this congregation. They're, they're the teachers that we've, we've, in, we've invited in. They're the teachers that we've given influence in our lives. They're the teachers that are teaching us about how to, to make this Jewish and Christian thing work together. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I really, uh, I, I follow Jesus, but now I understand from Brother Zacchaeus that, um, yeah, Brother Zacchaeus has come and told me that I need to get circumcised and all my family, if we're going to be true Christians, we've got to be circumcised. Oh, I didn't realize that. And now I'm looking at Brother Zacchaeus and now I'm listening to Paul are you one of those that's deliberately twisted the truth concerning Christ? 
Uh, how's Brother Zacchaeus going to be handling this? How am I going to be handling this? And look, look at verse 8. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preached to you. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. They are heavy words. They are strong words. They are forceful words. And um, let them sink into you. Paul is worked up. This is no small matter. This is not about something that he can say, listen, I don't, you know, we're arguing about whether you should have red curtains or green curtains in the sanctuary. Who cares about that sort of stuff? We're arguing about small stuff. No, this is not small stuff. This is foundational stuff. And I am mad. And I am saying, and notice what he said, I, and this curse fallen on anyone, including us. He said, I'm telling you, if, if I move away from this message, I am under this curse. This is no small matter. And, um, um, and obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Wow. Okay, he's laying it all down. I don't care what you think, because I'm not trying to please you. I am trying to please God. And you say, okay. Now, can I just say, if you stop there, wow, I, I know how I'm going to handle my... Um, Facebook account or my Instagram from now on, man, I'm going to give them everything. I'm going to get on the Instagram right now and tell the world where they've gone down the wrong path. Because uh, this is what Paul did, and he didn't care what people thought. All right? Now, can I, can I say, if you stop there and you just say, I take that little window, that little part, I catch at something, and I say, now I'm going to take and I'm going to apply it to my life today without trying to work through who it was, why he was saying this, what the situation was, I could lose a whole lot of boundaries and just sort of say, oh, okay, this is, I'm going to just, I, I don't care what people think. I'm going to just, I'm going to tell them a thing or two. I'm going to, I'm going to get up. I'm going to ring my, you know, my friends and, and just give them both, you know, give them a blast. Well, is that what Paul did? But can I also say, um, Paul also did not shy away from being bold and being forceful and being strong. Um, so I say, Paul, this is, this is, Wow, this is, this is this hate speech. You know, how does this apply to today? So immediately I'm sort of, I'm embroiled in the controversy and how Paul was handling it. And I'm starting to think, why did he do this? How did he, how, how was it received? And those things, as I move through the book of Galatians, then will also give me guidance and help to the things that I'm facing. Um, am, I, am I dealing with anything today which is actually against the gospel? I've got to be very careful. Paul was standing up, nailing his colors to the mast for something which was the, the pure gospel. But I, if I stand up and nail my colors, am I, am I just upset about an issue, about a particular issue that's happening in the churches? Um, is that, should I be speaking the same way or should, have I become distracted away from the core issues? These are questions you need to ask and think. So then you say, well, Paul, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus. Um, so he talks about how I got this message. What's my authority for dealing with this? Um, I'm not going to read all this because I don't want, you know, I, this is not my purpose in actually, I'm not going to do a Bible study on Galatians. I'm telling you the approach I'm sharing. So you can just keep reading through that. Chapter 2, 
14 years later, I went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas and Titus came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. And while I was there, I met privately with those who considered to be who those considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I have been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for fear that all my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. This is really, Paul's saying on one side, and you can see it in, in, in the rest of chapter one, we haven't had time to read it, but in, he was saying, I don't, I, I, I don't, I got it from the message from Jesus. I don't care what people think. I got it from Jesus. Now he's saying, I do care what people think, and I, and I submitted it to the leaders. Um, and um, um, and why do we challenge that? Why, why you know? And and you know that it raises some really interesting questions um, about my own life. You know, about some, am I called to God? Do I need people's recognition? Do I need people's support to say that I'm a called of God? That I'm doing what God's? No, God has called me. But how do I work with those who have also been called of God? How do I submit to them and work with them? These are things that Paul had to work through. I submitted my message to these leaders. But on the other side, I know I received it from God. That's, that's almost like speaking two contradictory things. How did Paul marry those things together? And you need, that, that's no small issue that we need to have today. I receive things of God directly. I am, I am called of Him. I don't need a man to tell me I'm called of God because whether the man says yes or no, it doesn't matter. It's whether God has called me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> labels and titles given to me by men actually don't make me who those titles and labels are. Um, we recognize um, when, when we call and talk about someone being ordained into the ministry and, and receiving the title of a, a minister of God, or a, we call them pastor, maybe, you know, we're saying you've actually, we recognize you as a pastor. We're, we're calling you a pilot. We're pastor. We're giving you a title. We'll give you a certificate. I've got, a, I've got something in my wallet that says, you know, I can hold a card that says I am recognized as a pastor. Um, does that make me a pastor? Does having that card in my wallet make me a pastor? No. What happens is that ultimately, um, you know, churches understand we aren't making you a pastor. We are recognizing that God has made you a pastor, but we need to get in on board with that and, and recognize it and say, that's what God has done in your life. I can't make you something by giving you a card, but I can, I can confirm and give my support to say, yeah, I'm in agreement with that. And I want to give you levels of authority and um, responsibility that you can then fulfill because of that recognition. So there's a real blend between recognizing, but some people, if you get that mixed up and you start looking to people to get your affirmation about who you truly are and you need people's affirmation, it will mess with you. It will mess with you. Remember what Paul said um, earlier, um, verse 10, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. If you need people's affirmation, if you need to please people in order to, to know who you are in Christ, it will mess with you big time. It will not work. But if, if, um, if you ignore people and say that they are totally irrelevant, it will also mess with you. So do you understand by diving into what Paul was facing, I suddenly understand, okay, I've got to get this tension right. I can't look to people for affirmation, but neither can I ignore people and say that doesn't make any difference. I need to work with people. I need to get um, to, to find the right, the people. Um, I met with private with those considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I'd been preaching. 
I, I need to understand God has set people in the church that are his leaders and that God is, has, has, just as he's called me to be an apostle, he's called others to be an apostle. And I need to recognize that and work with that. Um, so, um, verse 11. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. But he said, I, I, am, I might have submitted to them, but when I, I, was, uh, I was able to confront someone, he, I, I confronted Peter because he did the wrong thing. Wow, how do we go about that? How does this, you know, there's some heavy issues here. And what I'm saying is, if you will dive in and understand what Paul was facing and dealing with, that will give you some framework and it'll give you some understanding. When you look at situations today, because there's controversy going in today and people people say, well, I'm confronting so-and-so and that people say, you know, you should never, you should never confront a man of God. He's a man of God. You know, he, he's touched not the Lord's anointed. Um, and, and that's a phrase, that's a, that's a verse that I've been told. Don't touch the Lord's anointed. In other words, if someone is called a man of God, then they are above um, touching. And here's Paul rebuking Peter publicly. And Peter, who was given, you know, he says, upon this, you know, Peter, Peter, the, 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 um, the apostle to the Jews, the Peter, the, you know, the, um, some say the, the foundation of the whole New Testament church. I know Jesus actually is, but I'm saying that people you know, put a really high level on Peter. And, um, but Paul rebuked him. How did he do this? Does that give us license to go around and rebuke everybody? Do I become God's sheriff of shooting everybody down? Um, it's interesting. Paul rebuked Peter. But in verse um, 2, he went privately, went privately and submitted what he was sharing with the church leaders. So um, getting those balances, being able to work those things through. Um, let's just skip to chapter 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you'd seen a picture of his death on the cross. Ah, oh, he says, you idiots. He is passionate. He's upset. He says, what has happened to you? What has upset him? What has so concerned him? You read through what has upset him. Um, he goes and he begins to talk about Abraham. He talks about living by faith. Um, I just, I would love to dive into this teaching. I'm going to just skip right over the end. I'm not going to take time. Um, let's go to chapter six. Um, and let's just go to verse 11. Let's see how he summarizes all this up. Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. I'm writing. Okay. Um, what is he talking about here? Now, here's something that um, without a bit of context and a bit of our understanding, we might not be able to try it first get. Oh, what large letters I use to write these closing in my own handwriting. What's he talking about? Um, why is he writing them in their own handwriting? And so this might be something where you, you can actually go to um, a background commentary. So, for instance... Um, I have a, I have a, 
Um, this is this is from a IVP Bible background commentary, which is just a book which talks about the background of things that you might not just be able to understand directly. So this is not a bad thing to every now and again refer to. Like I said, first reading, I wouldn't worry about this. I'd read through, get the overall picture. Then when I'm coming back, I might um, try and understand this a little bit better. Um, look what it says about this verse. Most letters of this length were dictated to scribes who wrote, um, who wrote small... who wrote small to finish the task quickly. Paul, who may not be who may be unaccustomed to writing full letters or those whose hands may have been weakened by leatherworking in cold shops in the winter, cannot write small and quickly. Some documents also seem to call attention to especially important points at their beginning or end by using larger letters. Um, whatever the purpose of large letters here, the main point is that not a scribe, but Paul himself writes this section as the handwriting shows, Paul's special effort indicates that they must pay special attention. What it says is, ah, scribes would write the letter as Paul dictated, but Paul says, give me the scroll, I'm going to do the final thing in my own handwriting. This was the, the, By doing the last greeting in their own handwriting was a way of signing off and, and, and showing it's personal, it's from me. This, so the rest of the handwriting wasn't from Paul, but this now is from Paul's handwriting. But look what he... Um, and I, I like in the New Living Translation, it puts it all in, in capital letters. Um, there was no capital letters in the sense that all the, the, the Greek originally was all capital letters. There was no uppercase, lowercase. It would have been written uppercase. So um, <laughs> we're try they're trying to do something to show this is how I felt. Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. Um, Paul's saying, can you, can, you, can you feel it? I'm pressing on the pen here. Look at me. I'm writing. I'm, my, all my passion is pouring out into this letter. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want you to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the law, whole law themselves. They only want to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world, interest in this world has been crucified and the whole world's interest in me has also died. Um, doesn't matter whether we've been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we've been transformed into a new creation. Um, Paul is passionate about this. Paul is pouring his heart out on his page. He is, he says, the thing I'm going to boast about is the work of Jesus on the cross. I'm not going to back away from that, people. It's the way, it's the cross that brings us into being transformed as a new creation. Verse 16, May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. Ah, oh, From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. Enough, enough of this. I've had it with you people. Stop it. And look at what it says, For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. That's a really interesting way. He said, you know what? I have been beaten up for this message. I've been whipped for this message. I am not backing down from it. I am, if anybody can be shown to be true to the gospel, it's me. 
Now, please, let's get over this and move forward. Enough of this. I do not want to be going around this mountain again and again. Let's just lay hold of the cross, the work of being. What was, the, what was it that Paul said? You know, remember I, I said right at the start, it's like um, I get my kids together, the two teenage, uh, two twins, and um, I just want them to stop fighting. But you know what? I, I don't want to be telling them to stop fighting and stop fighting and stop fighting. I've got so much more I want to talk to them about. I want to tell them about, okay, let's, what is ahead of you? What's your purpose? What have you called to do? How can you live together? How can you actually do what God's called you to do? How can you be all that God's called you to be? Enough of this fighting. I don't want, I, I, my, my life, my job as a dad is not just to stop you fighting. It's to cause you to live as grown up, responsible adults that, that change and influence the world for, for the better. It's a way, I want you to serve God and love God and, and raise good families of your own. I don't want to be just telling you, don't fight, don't fight, don't fight. Hey, can you hear this in Paul? Can you hear this? Can you hear his heart here? Have you, can you capture the fact that he's... I'm, I don't want to talk about this anymore. But what does he want to talk about? He says, I want to talk about the fact that we've been transformed into a new creation. I want to talk about what it means to be a new creation in Jesus through the cross. I want to talk about that life that God's caused us to live. I want us to do that. Um, that's, that's what's on Paul's heart. I want you to read through the book of Galatians looking for those sorts of things. What's on his heart? What's he facing? What's the issues that he's dealing with? What teaching does he share to try and, and, and do this? And then you come to this end. Now, except for a little intro at the start that said, this is what I've, um, this is, this is what, um, you know, the big picture and a little, when we've got a little bit of help to what, how scribes would write the letters and why Paul would use big handwriting. Um, I've just got, a, most of what I'm doing is just by reading and trying to get into that situation, trying to hear what, trying to hear what they're going through and, and understand it. Just, I just want to understand what they're going through. Asking that question is like getting on that telephone. That's what, that's the key. If you can get on that telephone and listen to one end of the phone call and then try and work out what's happening on the other end, try and work out, I believe the Holy Spirit, if you will do that and you will let the Holy Spirit, which is the God-breathed part, the anointing of the Spirit will come into that process and He will give you both revelation as to what was happening but also how does that apply to your life today? What does that look like for you today? What are you passionate about? What, what's what's stirring your heart? Are you would you are you are you are you saying I'm not going to back down from the cross? Can I just say something? There is a huge pressure in the world today for us to back away from the message of the cross. The message of the cross is that we are sinners. We are sinners, and without the the work of Jesus dying for us and embracing that work by repentance, that we become then new creation in Christ. But if we do not recognize the work of the cross, if we take that out of our message, the world, the world is offended by our message of the cross. The world is offended. You only have to listen today to hear them say, when, when you say, um, someone puts something that says, we're all going to hell. They say they are offended by that. They, it, it, the, the, the zeitgeist of the day is 
you get kickback, strong kickback from suggesting that people are sinners. How dare you call me a sinner? How dare you say that I am a sinner? How dare you say I'm headed for hell? How dare you say that I need saving? Because I am a good person and I am doing just who I am and I'm just living according to my appetites and my desires and my and that's who I really am. And how dare you say that I'm a sinner? How dare you say that the things I'm doing could be judged and, and, and deemed wrong? If you want to talk about God, just tell me that God loves me. Tell me that God thinks I'm amazing. Think, tell me that God has, is, is just all for me and that God is, is good to me. You can tell me that message. You can give me that message all you want. But do not say that I'm a sinner. That goes right against my, you know, my, my feelings and my emotions. And I'm offended by that concept that you would even think that I'm a sinner. And you would say that I'm a sinner. Just be one of those nice Christians that tell me that, I'm, that, that you know, God loves me. Full stop. Can you see that we live in a world where the message of the cross is actually not welcome? The true message of the cross, that Jesus died for us as sinners and that, that he has taken our, our judgment because they say, well, I don't need to be saved. Thank you. Uh, you know, they take a step back. You're saying I need to be saved. No, I don't. That is an offensive message to them. We are living in a world where this message is being highly challenged. Well, you need to be like Paul, standing up. No, no, no. No, no, no. Who, who in the world would try? Now, what was there? The, the, they were, it was, the message of the cross was trying to be taken away and put a, um, a legalistic answer that if you do these things... What's, what's trying to take away the message of the cross today? What's trying to take away the message of the cross in our world? Well, just as that was trying to take it away in Paul's day, what's trying to take it away in our day? We need to resist that the same way as Paul did. We will not let the message of the gospel be removed. We will not. We will, and, and in order to do that, you need to know very clearly what is the message of the cross. Do you understand? You need to know it very, very clearly. And how do I know it very clearly? Study the book of Galatians. Paul lays it out very clearly what the message of the cross is, what the message of what Jesus has done is, what is the message of becoming a new creation in him, how to be transformed in that new creation, what is our freedom and what is it for? He lays it all out in the book of Galatians. So it's so relevant to us. I need to fully understand that so I can fully bring that message to today. So this is my challenge for you. Take that telephone. Okay, you got one end of it. You're listening to what one, one side is saying. You've got to imagine what's coming back, what the people in Galatia, what they were going through. But you can do it. You can do it. And if you allow, if you are diligent in it and you do it with a sense that the Holy Spirit's going to guide me through this and anoint this process, you will get revelation from this which will empower you to live that today. It will give you wisdom and give you guidelines, it will give you boundaries, it will give you um, understanding what you should do. You can look at the Apostle Paul and say, well, I need to do that. It can expose things. If you say, oh, I'm reading this and you know what, I am scared what people think about me. Well, I need to deal with that because that's going to be a real hindrance. I, I, you know, I'm concerned about this. I, I don't understand this. I need to dig into this and deal with that. So that is my challenge. The Bible 
key principle, and that's, I, I've used the book of Galatians, but do it with any right reading you do, whether you're reading Old Testament, New Testament, whether you're reading the, the, um, the, the um, you say, well, well, what about something like the, the, the message of Matthew? That wasn't written to a particular people, but, Paul, but Matthew was still trying to get a very particular message across. And so I need to try and understand what was it he was trying to share? What was when Jesus, when he's sharing the stories of Jesus, what was Jesus trying to portray? I can get inside those stories right there where Jesus was talking to them. What was Jesus trying to share? In fact, sometimes we get little um, little clues that says, you know, Jesus, um, the reason he shared this. Now, let me give you one example in Luke um, Luke 19. Um, he, he gave a, 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 um, a parable, verse 12. A certain nobleman went to a distant country to receive the kingdom for himself and then return. And he called 10 of his slaves and gave them 10 minas. Ah, the, the, one of the, the parable of giving 10 minas or 10, 10 uh, coins or um, about, you know, so he gave, them, he gave them some money to work with while he went. That's a parable. But why did he give that parable? And it says in verse 11, he was... He went on to tell a parable because, and then he tells why. I'm not going to tell you why. He, he gave him a parable because, and he shared why he was sharing this parable. Then he shared the parable. Re when you're reading through, ah, oh, there's my clue. Why is Jesus sharing this? What are they thinking? What are they doing? I'm listening. I'm suddenly understanding the, the other side of this phone conversation. So what I am encouraging you to is whatever you're reading, whatever part, whether it's a, a letter, whether it's something that Paul wrote, even whether it's a psalm, try and understand what is it that the, that the psalmist was saying, what was he feeling, what was he trying to connect with, with God, whether I'm reading um, Old Testament history, um, I'm trying to understand what it is, what was, this, what was the underlying message, what were they saying here? And this, understand, asking questions, looking for answers is the very foundation for learning how to study the Bible for yourself. Then the second part is always remember that it's God-breathed and never ever let it go from just an exercise of the mind. You just allow this to become living truth in you that gives you empowerment. It will build your faith. You say, yeah, I'm going to do that. This is this has empowered me. This has anointed me. This, is, this has developed my faith to do this particular thing. All right, so God bless you. I really appreciate you joining with us. Um, uh, this session that is one of the keys that will help you in all your Bible reading. And like I said, you so you can go and you can go to places like BibleProject.com um, and just go to the Bible Project and type Galatians. You will um, get a great 10-minute presentation on the book of Galatians. But can I just suggest, don't lean on that and let that become where you're going to... You can get so much, so much of what that presentation is just came from within the book of Galatians itself. You can dive in yourself. I, I have confidence in you. God says, look intently in the word. He's got confidence in you. I believe that God will use what I have shared today to, for you to get great revelation and great truth that will help you and enable you to help many others. God bless you. Thank you so much again for joining us. You can go to breakthrough.org.au slash academy to get past messages. You just uh, know that you're always welcome to come and join. Usually you have Josh here. Um, you're probably maybe wondering if you joined us a bit later where Josh is. Josh has been um, unwell this week and hasn't been able to join us. I've, I've blessed him and you just stay away and, listen and get better in Jesus. Um, but normally I have Josh and others in the studio. But if you want to join us every Friday from 9 um, up to 11, sometimes, you know, only just past 10.30, we will 
um, we, we set aside 9 to 11 to dive into God's Word and dig in a way that I teach you how to fish, not just how to feed you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us.